The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. We're in a series called uh, You Asked For It, and we have been talking for the last several weeks about some of the questions that you have asked. A few months back, we, we asked you to submit some questions to the church, and so you did. And we've been tackling some of the biggest questions, some of the topics, some of the hard-hitting issues. And let me just say this, you are not going to want to miss next week, okay? It's going to be really good. We're going to, I'll just say, I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about, but I want to encourage you, if you have children, they need to be in children's ministry next week. I'll just say that, because we're going to be talking about, okay, I'll go ahead and talk. We're going to talk about sex. And it's, I'm, I promise you, men, make sure you're here. Women, make sure you're here. It's going to be so good. It's going to be fun, okay? I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss next week. It's going to be good. Okay, um, but this week, we're going to talk about the subject of healing. We got a lot of questions that came in through our You Ask For It cards in regards to healing. And so today, I want to talk to you about physical healing. And I want to show you what the Word of God has to say about physical healing. Now, I'm going to tell you this going into this. I got a lot to cover today, so I'm going to try to move quickly. But, but what I have to cover actually isn't even t- really touching on all the, the things that God's been revealing to me on healing. But, but I'll say this. I believe God spoke to me and said this. He wants to use this church and, and the people of this church to bring healing to the city, physical healing to the city. And so, um, and so today, I, I want to kind of start the journey in walking towards what what that looks like, and answer hopefully some of the questions that you may have. So if you have uh, some kind of device to take notes on, let me just encourage you to take notes. Uh, follow along with me. I'm going to give you a ton of scripture today, and you'll understand why at the end, but it's going to be really good, and we're going we're to reveal a lot of truth on the subject of healing. Now, the first thing that you need to understand about healing is this. Healing is central. Everybody say that. Healing is central. Healing is central. Healing is not an auxiliary issue with God. It's not a side issue with God. It's not something, you know, it's not a, it's not a maybe, you know, th- kind of issue with God. It is, a, it is a central issue to God, the subject of healing. In fact, when you begin to study scripture and you look at the gospel, which is the good news, what you'll find is the gospel, part of the gospel, a huge part of the gospel is, is, is with healing, okay? So I want to give you three, three kind of things that point to that being true, that healing is central. The first one is this. Healing is a part of the salvation package that was purchased on the cross. Healing is a part of the salvation package that was purchased on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for a reason. He didn't just do it because it sounded cool. He did it because we, we know. He did it because he wanted to fix the sin problem. Man had sinned. We'd fallen short of the glory of God. Sin separates man from God. We were in trouble because of sin. We couldn't have a relationship. We couldn't be connected with God. We, had, we, we were on the road towards hell and, and eternal separation from God. So Jesus came to fix that problem. And years before this would ever happen, a prophet named Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53 about what the Messiah would come to do at the cross. He says this in Isaiah 53 verse 5. It says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now that's talking about inward sin and outward sin. Sin that we, we continue to do, sin that we sometimes unknowingly do. He's talking about sin here. It says the chastisement or punishment for our peace was upon him. It's talking about our peace with God. The punishment that separated us from having peace with God was placed on Jesus. So everything is talking about sin to this point. 
And then look at what it says. Same verse, and by his stripes we are healed. Here's what you see. In the gospel, this is the gospel message. This is what Jesus came to do. Central to the gospel is that Jesus came to fix the sin problem. He came to make a way so that me and you could have a relationship with God, so that we could be connected to God, know God, and someday uh, when our life is over, when either Jesus comes back or our life ends, we could go to heaven and live eternally with God the Father. That's central to the gospel, but right beside it is the issue of healing. Why? Because healing is central to your life. Is it not? If you're dealing with sickness in your body, that's a big deal. If you're dealing with cancer, that's a central issue to you. If you're dealing with migraine headaches, that's a central issue to you. That's not just a side auxiliary issue. That's not a take it or leave it issue. That is a big deal to your life. That can keep you from being who it is God's called you to be and doing what it is God's called you to do. And so this isn't just a side issue that we can kind of take it or leave it. This is something that God has called us to walk in and live in. So healing is central, and one of the ways we know that is healing is a part of the salvation package. We see that in Scripture. Number two, healing was a major part of the ministry of Jesus. Healing was central because it was a major part of what we see in the ministry of Jesus. If you study Jesus and you look at the Gospels and you look at what he did, what you are going to find is Jesus was constantly healing people constantly he was laying hands on people people were coming to jesus people that were dead were being raised from the dead people that had leprosy were being cleansed of that he was healing people it's just what jesus did in fact in acts chapter 10 uh, it's talking about giving a description of who jesus was what he was about to the new church it says this in verse 38 god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power and he went about doing good and healing all everybody say all, all. healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was a healer. Healing was something that Jesus did. In fact, I found this interesting this week as I was studying. Uh, God reminded me of a story in Mark chapter 6. You've probably, if you've been a part of church, you've probably heard this story before. But Jesus goes back to his hometown, the town that he grew up in. And when he gets there, he finds all this, this unbelief. He finds a group of people who have known him his whole life, and so they kind of have a hard time believing that he could be who it is that he claims to be or who they think he might be claiming to be. And so he he encounters all this unbelief, and because of that, what Scripture tells us is he wasn't able to do all that he wanted to do. Now, let me me read this to you, because this week as I was studying this, I I saw it like I'd never seen it before, okay? Mark chapter 6, verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work there except, look at this, that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. I just think that's amazing, okay? I love that. That Jesus was having a bad day, but healing was such a part of the ministry of Jesus that even on a bad day, people are still getting healed. A bad day for Jesus is better than a lot of the best days that churches are experiencing right now. So we see here that this was a central issue. This, was, this is something that Jesus, it was a part of his life. It was something that he did. And, and, and so we are called to be imitators of Christ, are we not? So look at what it says. Look at, look at this one. A part of salvation package is what it is. It's a major part of the ministry of Jesus. Number three, why healing is central is Jesus called and empowered us to do it. Not only did Jesus heal people, but he called his disciples, he called his followers to walk in the ministry of healing. Look at this with me. This is uh, Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is sending out his disciples to do some ministry here. In verse 1, it says this, And when he, talking about Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. He gave them authority. He gave this to them. 
over, over unclean spirits to cast them out, and look at this, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now look at verse 7. He goes on to talk to them more about this. He says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is saying, hey, let them know. Things are changing. The, the order that this world has operated under is about to change. There's a new kingdom. There's a new sheriff in town. And things are going to change. And here's how you can show them that that is true. Verse 8 says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus doesn't say, if you want to, does he? He says, do this. This is a mark of the kingdom of God being an operation in this world. This is who we are called to be, church. Sometimes we as a church, I think we look at healing and we see it as this issue that is for me when I need it, when it's bad enough. But, but it's not something that we feel like we're called to bring into the world. But that's why it's central to the gospel. We're not just called to receive healing. We're called to bring healing to a hurting world. We're called to be a church that, that doesn't just have healing for ourselves as a benefit that comes with being a Christian, but brings it to the world as a sign that Jesus is alive and at work in this world through us. Amen. Good stuff. Okay, so uh, look at this. This is the Great Commission. This is what Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. You guys tell him I was on vacation, a little fired up today. So Jesus is getting ready to go up to heaven. He's leaving. He's done all his work. He's getting ready to go up to heaven. And he gives the great commission. This is what we're called to do as a church. This is the mission that we are called to, to live under and walk under. And notice what he says. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every Christian. Most of us understand that that's part of what we're called to do, right? And he goes on to say, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. There's signs that come with this. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And look at this. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Healing was, is a central issue. It's something that Jesus has called us to do. It's something that we see in the ministry of Jesus. It's something that he, he requires us, asks us, empowered us, give, has given us authority to go do. It's not a take it or leave it issue. We're Christians. We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to be imitators of Christ. So bringing healing to a hurting world is part of the assignment that we have in this world. All right? Now, here's the problem. We don't always see healing take place in our lives, right? There, there, it's, the call of God is that we lay hands on the sick and they recover. That's the call of God. That's the assignment. And yet, it doesn't always work out that way. So what do we do with that? That, that, le that leads us to some questions sometimes, right? So let's look at these questions. Because if we're going to be who God's called us to be, if we're going to be the church that I believe God's calling us to be, which is a church that brings healing to this city, then we need to come to terms with some of these questions in regards to healing. So here's the first question. Does God still heal today? Does God still heal today? Is healing something that was reserved for a, a time or is healing something that is still in operation today? Well, let's look at what the word of God has to say on this, all right? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same. Everybody say same. same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everybody say forever. He's the same. So what, what, what the Bible tells us here is what, who Jesus was in the past and who he is in the present is who he'll be in the future, right? 
The Bible says this in Malachi 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, this is God talking, I change not. Other translations say, I do not change. So we've got two verses here that speak to this idea that Jesus is the same, that God is the same, because Jesus and God are, are one, that he's the same, and that they don't change. He's not going to change. He's the same. Who he was in the past is who he is today is who he'll be in the present. Okay, so that lends us to some, that leads us to some questions this morning, all right? So I'm going to ask you some questions, and these are softballs. Don't, I'm not trying to trick you here, but I want you to, this is audience participation, okay? I want you to answer me back here. Did God ever heal anyone in the Old Testament? Let me ask you again. Did God ever heal anyone in the Old Testament? Yes. Okay. Did God ever heal anyone in the New Testament? Yes. Did Jesus, the Son of God, who was God, who is a representation of God in the flesh, the invisible God seen in the visible world, did he ever heal anybody when he was here on this earth? Yes. Okay. Here's another question for you. If you're in here today and you have experienced or seen healing take place in your life or in the life of somebody you know, I want you to raise up your hand. Raise up your hand if that's happened to you. Okay, everybody look around. Look around. You see those hands? Look at those hands. Okay, so, so here's, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has healed in the past. He's obviously healing in the present. So can he heal in the future? Amen. Yes. Is God still healed today? Yes, the answer is yes. And I, I think most of you know that. Okay, so that leads us to some other questions. Here's question number two. Is it God's will to heal? Is it God's will to heal? Because sometimes we wonder, you know, we, we have questions on, I think sometimes we have this kind of cloudy, vague idea of what is the will of God? But what I love about Jesus is he made the will of God very clear. In fact, he, he showed us the will of God when he was teaching his disciples how to pray he said this in Matthew 6, verse 10. He said, your kingdom come, your will, we're talking about the will of God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus says this. He says, if you want to know what the will of God is, look to heaven. And what you see in heaven is, what you, is the will of God and what the will of God is for this earth. Okay, so what's the will of God for you physically in heaven? Well, the Bible shows us that. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42 says this. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. But they will be raised to live forever. Okay, so this is talking about heaven. When we receive our, our eternal bodies. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. There's a day coming when we're going to receive a glorified body. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Okay, I have good news for you this morning. Someday, you are going to receive a glorified body from God. And it is a perfect body, right? It is the best version of you that has ever existed. It may even be a version of you that never existed in this earth, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I have an uncle uh, who, who just passed away this last year. My, my mom's older brother, he was 65 years old, I think, and he had Down syndrome. And he lived his whole life here on this earth confined to a body, to a mind that wasn't right. Mom, it's interesting, my mom, she has, she has, a, she has a couple brothers and they're, they're six foot plus tall, six, five, six, I mean, there's huge guys in my mom's family. And, and my uncle Kelly was like five, two. Like he was not an image of his family in, at all. And, and so he passed away last year and as we celebrated his, his life, and we, we loved him, but we, we celebrated because he got to step into the perfect version of himself. He doesn't have Down syndrome in heaven. He is probably, I'm going to see him someday, and he's probably a six foot five huge man that I'm going to see someday, and I'm going to be like, dude, you're Kelly, whoa, that's awesome. And I'm here to tell you that someday you are going to be the best version of you, physically perfect. There's no, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's no heartburn in heaven. 
Wives, there's no gas in heaven. Your husbands, that will be gone. Isn't that great? Good news, right? Good news of the gospel right there. So, so okay, I got some questions for you. With that in mind, is there cancer in heaven? So is cancer the will of God? Is there autism in heaven? So is autism the will of God? Are there migraine headaches in heaven? Or any kind of headache in heaven? No. So is he- are headaches the will of God? Is there sickness in heaven? So is sickness the will of God? No, it's not. If the, what, the will of God is on earth as it is, on earth as it is in heaven. If, there's no, if it's not there, it's, it shouldn't be here. So when you have sickness in your body, that's not the will of God. He doesn't want that in you. Okay? So... So that leads us to the next question. It's not the will of God. Here, here's the next question. Is it God's will to heal everyone? Actually, let me, let me read you one more thing on this because Jesus speaks directly to this issue of this being not the will of God. He, he comes across in Matthew uh, chapter eight, to, uh, he comes across this leper, this man that has leprosy. I want you to see what he says to this guy uh, in verse two. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him, talking about Jesus, and knelt before him and said, Lord, he said, if you are... Look at what he, notice what he says here. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Now, now notice, notice how he says it. He, he, he asks him, he said, well, notice he says this. He says, you can make me clean. This man has faith that Jesus can heal him. He's probably seen Jesus heal people. He's seen that take place. He, he says, I know you can. Here's the question he doesn't understand. Are you willing? That's what he doesn't know. And Jesus answers him in verse three. He says, Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. As, as I read this this week, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, there's people in this church that have wondered if it's God's will to heal them. And what God said to that leper, he says to you today, I am willing, be healed. It's God's will. Now, is it God's will to heal everyone? That's the third question. Is it God's will to heal everyone? Uh, some people, I think they have this idea that, that maybe God's will is to heal some, but not all. Like he says yes to this person, but he'll say no to this person. Well, here's the problem with that. It doesn't line up with scripture. Because here's what the Bible says when it, when it talks about this. It says in Romans 2 verse 11, that God is no respecter of persons. Uh, the Amplified says it this way. For God does not show partiality... No arbitrary favoritism with him. One person is not more important than, than another. In other words, uh, God doesn't favor me over you or vice versa. Doesn't do that. God doesn't show favoritism. So he, he doesn't look at one person and say, well, I like you. So yeah, I'll, I'll heal you. But you, I don't like your hair today. So sorry, no dice. Like no healing for you. He's not the soup Nazi, all right? It's not God. God is a healer. He wants to heal you. So here's the thing. If God will heal anyone, he'll heal you, right? If he shows no favoritism, if he heals anyone, he'll heal you. If he has healed anyone of anything, he'll heal you, right? Because he's no respecter of persons. So it's God's will to heal you. Now, there's another thing I think that points to the fact that it is God's will to heal everyone, and that is this. Uh, We never see Jesus turning away anyone who came to him that wanted healing, Not one time in scripture does someone come to Jesus wanting healing and they walk away sick. Every person who ever encountered Jesus, who was, who was encountering him, desiring healing, they walked away healed every time. And the Bible is pretty clear that what we see in Jesus is the heart of God. So what we see in Jesus is what 
we see in the heart of God. So if, if Jesus healed everybody who came to him wanting healing, God will heal everybody that comes to him wanting healing. And th- this is so important, and here's why. Because if we don't settle this, if we don't really understand that it's God's will to heal everyone, how can we be the church God's called us to be? How can we be the people of faith God's called us to be if when we're praying for somebody else or if we're even praying for ourselves, if we're wondering, well, I don't really know if this is God's will. So hopefully, you know, and that's when we start praying, thy will be done. We throw a thy in there because it makes it sound more holy, right? But that's not, that's not how it works, okay? God makes it clear. His will is on earth as is in heaven. Jesus healed everybody that he encountered with. So I believe it's God's will to heal everyone. Okay, here's number four. Uh, does God use sickness to teach or shape his children? Now, again, this, um, this is an idea that sometimes we get in our head that can prevent us from receiving the healing that God wants us to receive because we think, well, maybe God is using this issue to keep me in check or to help me to become the person God wants to be. He's shaping me through this sickness. Uh, and, and this idea comes from this theology around this idea of suffering, now, let me, let me explain something here. The Bible is very clear that we are going to face things in this world. There are tribulations, there are trials, there are things that we're going to go through that, that do help shape us, that do help us to step into who it is God's called us to be. But, but Jesus and Scripture never point to sickness being one of the things he uses to shape his children. It's not there. You, you can, there's people who have taken kind of leaps, you know, when it comes to this and said stuff like, well, you know, Paul had this thorn in the flesh and, and that was, a, we, we think that was this, but we, we really don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh is. And even if that's the one example, we don't base biblical truth on one example in the Bible. Because if we did that, then, you know, we would, we would go to businesses that we don't like and we would march around them seven times and shout and they would fall to the ground. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So, so here's the thing, we, we have to base the truth on what God's word says, okay? And so what I see is that, that, that God doesn't make people sick. Jesus doesn't make people sick. Um, we, well, here's another thing I see is that Jesus never made anybody sick in his ministry. We never see Jesus going around like in Capernaum and he was throwing cancer and throwing migraines on people. Like he never did that. Jesus healed everybody that he encountered, and Colossians 1.15 says that Christ is the visible image of God. He's, when we see Jesus, God is just like Jesus. So if, if Jesus didn't throw sickness on people, then God didn't throw sickness on people. God doesn't use sickness to, to teach his children. There, there's not a father, I bet, in this room that would, if he could, use sickness to help shape his child into something he's wanting to do. If you are that dad, you need prayer. <laughs> like, n- none of us would do that. And, and the Bible says this, let me, let me show you this. Matthew seven eleven says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Okay, so here's what this verse says. It says that God is so good that even the best father in this room, the best father in this world, his goodness in comparison to the goodness of God is considered evil. That's what that verse tells us. And so if you, the, the best dad in this room, if you would not make your child sick to teach them a lesson, a God who is perfect in goodness would not do it either. He's a good God. He doesn't make you sick. All right, so then, and again, this is important because if we don't get this, then we're gonna have a hard time praying and, and believing that God can help other people receive healing because here's the thing. If I'm gonna pray for somebody else or again for myself, how do I know that I'm not praying against the will of God? Right? 
How do I know that God's not using this to teach me a lesson? And so, like, that, it, it makes no sense. That's confusing, isn't it? And what is God? He's not the author of confusion. So don't, don't buy into that. The devil tries to convince people of stuff that keeps them from walking in the freedom that God wants them to have. Okay, so that leads us to the fifth question. And this is a big one. We see that God wants to heal people. It's his will to heal people. It's his will to heal everybody. He doesn't make us sick. So what do we do, though, when we don't see this walked out in our life? Here's, here's the fifth question. What happens when my experience doesn't line up with Scripture? I, I bet if we were to talk to people in this room, we'd, we'd come across many of you, maybe all of you in this room, have all experienced praying for somebody, praying for them, believing, standing in faith for somebody, fighting for somebody, for their healing, and them passing away. Yeah, maybe you, you have been believing God for healing in an area of your life for years, and you haven't seen it come to pass yet. So, so what happens? Here's what happens. We have the experiences of life that we're experiencing here, and then we have what the Bible says, biblical truth. And, and sometimes the two of those don't line up exactly the way they are because biblical truth says that everyone who comes to God receives healing. And, and you, kinda, you, you see the tension between the two of those things? So, so what do we do with that? Well, there, there's two things we can do with that. The first thing we can do with that is we can, we can raise, our standard to, to ri- raise our standard of healing to what God's standard is. Uh, we, can, we can choose to begin to require our experiences to start lining up with biblical truth. This is where we say, okay, God says he heals everybody. I'm not experiencing that in my life, but I'm going to dig in. I'm going to study the word. I'm going I'm to pray. I'm going to continue to seek God, and I'm going to make my experience line up with biblical truth. Or the other thing we can do is we can lower our standard to match our experiences, and here's the problem with that. Uh, when we lower God's standard to match our experiences, as soon as we do that, we make the experiences of our life the authority of our life. And here's what we do. We make our experiences, we make ourselves our own little God. And actually, we kind of empower the enemy to be a God in our life. Because he's the one that's going to throw these experiences at you that don't line up with the word of God. And if you believe what he throws at you, then you are making him a God in your life. Ouch. We can't do that. Listen, please hear me when I say this today, church. We cannot step out from under the authority of scripture and base our beliefs in God on our experiences. We can't do that. What you believe about God cannot be based on what you experience. It has to be based on the truth that is found in the word of God. It cannot be based on the experiences you have in this fallen world that's under a curse that's, that's the, that the enemy is trying to throw bad stuff at you. It has to be based on the truth of the word of God because the truth is what will set you free. You've got to stand in faith on what God's word says. Uh, many of you maybe know this, I'm sure, but... Our family and my family, we love Taco Bueno, right? Any Bueno heads in here this morning? A few of you? Okay, we love Taco Bueno. And, and the main person in my family that kind of brings this out is my wife, Sarah. She loves Taco Bueno. She, she, I think she's preached seven or eight times at New Song. And almost every time, she somehow managed to bring up Taco Bueno. She has like two life messages. One is thankfulness and the other is eat at Taco Bueno, Okay. So we, in our family, we love Taco Bueno. I love it. My kids love it. We think it's the best fast food there is outside of In-N-Out Burger, which doesn't exist here. 
So we, we love Taco Bueno. But we had an experience not that long ago where we went to Taco Bueno and we ate and everybody enjoyed their food. And then we got home that night. And in the middle of the night, uh, we woke up and my son was sick. And he was throwing up. And it was horrible, right? And so um, ever since then, Gus does not like going to Taco Bueno anymore. Now, Sarah wanted me to make this abundantly clear. Uh, the two are not related, okay? She, she believes that Taco Bueno had nothing to do with that sickness. Because actually, the rest of us ate Taco Bueno too, and we were all fine. And, and none of us got sick. And he was actually kind of showing some signs of sickness beforehand. So we don't believe the two are related. But, but to Gus, they're related. And so here's what he's done. He loved Taco Bueno. He loves the food there. But because of one bad experience, now he wants nothing to do with it. We were coming back from vacation and we saw Taco Bueno and Sarah was like pulled over. So, so we pulled over and we got some Taco Bueno. We said, Gus, what do you want? He said, I don't want anything. I don't like Taco Bueno. He used to love it. Now he does anymore. Why? Because of an experience. Here, here's what I'm saying. Sometimes we have an experience in our life that, that doesn't line up with our expectations. What we think it should be or what we maybe even see in scripture. And so what do we do? We begin to throw away the truth of scripture and start basing the reality that we live by and the reality we put our faith in by our experiences. Church, we cannot do that. We have to base our life on the word of God. It is the only truth in this world. Your experiences are liars. Your experience will lie to you. God's word is truth. Let the word of God be true and every other voice a liar. So what happens when my experiences don't line up with God's word? We trust God anyways. Uh, many of you have heard us talk about our kids. We have three kids. Gus, who's my oldest, he's nine. Bo, who's six. Uh, my littlest one, Sonny, she's three. We love our little kids. We, we talk about them all the time. For each one of those kids, we prayed for them. Me and, me and Sarah had a little trouble conceiving at the beginning, and, and God helped us to conceive, and we had our children. We prayed for them, and, and the whole time Sarah was pregnant, we believed over them and prayed over them. We pray over them every day of their life. We love our children, the, the three that we have. But what maybe a lot of you don't know is that we actually have five. Uh, we had a baby a few years back that um, we were going in for our 20-month checkup where we were going to find out uh, the sex reveal if it was a little boy or a little girl, if we were going to have a pink nursery or a blue nursery. And while we were there, we went in to find out this ultrasound, had the camera going, we're so excited, had the kids with us. And the doctor informed us that the baby's heart had stopped beating. It was over 4th of July weekend, so the doctors would not be able to deliver the baby right away. And my wife had to spend the next three days with a baby that was dead inside of her womb. I don't know why that happened. This last fall, we found out that we were pregnant with another child. It was a surprise pregnancy. Um, we know what led to it, but... <laughs> It was a surprise. We weren't planning on it. But once we found out, we were excited. And we began to, to dream and plan for this little baby. And uh, about six weeks into the pregnancy, my wife's body began to show signs that something was wrong. And I remember the day that that happened, that night, I laid in bed and I put my, I put my arm on, on her stomach and I prayed all night long. And I spoke the word. And I prayed and I believed in faith that, that God was going to heal that, whatever, what was ever causing this problem, that God was going to heal it. 
bring healing, and the baby was going to be fine. And I'm telling you, as, as sure as I'm standing here before you, I was convinced that the baby was going to be fine. And the next day, she miscarried. And, and I don't know why that happened. I don't know. But here's the thing. I'm not basing my life on my experiences. Because here's what I know. God is good. Amen. And I trust him more today than ever. And I believe that he is a giver of life and he is a faithful God. And I will continue to put my trust and my faith in him. And someday I'll, I'll ask him what happened. And not because I'm angry, but I just want to know. Someday when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, like, what, what was the deal? Why, why, what did I not see? Why? Why did that happen? And I'm sure some of you in here have some whys. Some whys that you're going to present to God. In fact, I was thinking this week about, you know, someday when I get to heaven... I kind of sometimes I picture what heaven's going to be like. I don't know if you ever do that. And I'll encourage you. If you're having a bad day, that's a great little exercise for you. You know, having a bad day, just start picturing heaven, you know, what's going to be like. So I'll picture heaven. I'll imagine what it's going to look like and what's going to smell like and the, you know, the food and the, the perfect body I'm going to have and the fact that I can eat anything and not get fat. Like, it's going to be dope. But... I imagine what it's going to be like. And one of the things I'll imagine sometimes is the sounds of heaven, like what you're going to hear, the angels singing and the voices singing. And, and as I was thinking about that this week, I, I thought of a sound I think we're all going to hear when we get to heaven. I think one of the first sounds that we're going to hear when we get to heaven, you want to know what it is? Here's what it is, okay? Oh. Right? I think there's going to be a lot of Christians when we get to heaven that are be, going to find out some stuff from God and they're going to be going, Oh. It's not in the Bible, I can't, you know, but you mark my words, you're going to hear that, okay? You're going to say, Josh was right, and he, he said it. Why? Because there are things that we're not going to understand on this side of the earth. We can't. But someday they're going to be revealed to us. In fact, the Bible talks about that. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. It says, we can see and understand only a little about God now. As if we're peering at his reflection in a poor mirror. So, you know, you're looking at a bad mirror, you can't see things as well as you'd want to. But someday we're going to see him with, in his completeness face to face. Now let's talk about heaven because, listen, no one has ever seen God face to face. The only time we're going to see God face to face and be able to stand in his glory and not melt is when we get to heaven someday. Now all that I know is hazy and blurred, but then I will see everything clearly. Just as clearly, now notice this, as God sees into my heart right now. Now when it talks about God seeing into my heart, understand it's not talking about your beating heart. It's talking about the inner parts of you that God can see into a realm we can't even see into if we, if we opened ourselves up. There's, there's some revelation that we cannot understand on this side of eternity. But someday when we get to heaven, God's going to reveal these things to us. He's going to help us see we're going to have clarity. Now the question is, can you be okay with that in the meantime? Can you be okay with some of those questions and be willing to put your trust and your faith in God and his word in spite of some of the questions you may have? That's what separates what we're called to do from, and us stepping into what I believe God's called us to step into, is our willingness to do that. Okay, so what does this look like? Well, let me, let me give you some practical steps real quick to help you to step into uh, what God's called you to step into when it comes to healing, all right? Real, real quick, we're, we're gonna close quickly. James 5, verse 14 says this. Is any among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus the Lord. Okay, so, so this is the New Testament church. James is saying that if you're sick, 
Let's, let's bring some elders around and let's pray over you. Let's anoint your head with oil. And, and by the way, we're going to do this today in our service. We're going to try our best to anoint as many people in here that need healing in their body with oil. Now, when I say that, don't get nervous. If you're new to church, we're not going to like, you know, smack Crisco on your head or sling oil. It's, it's not that. Just a little dab will do you. And, and the point is, and the point is not the oil. The, point, the oil doesn't heal you. It's not that. The oil is just a symbol of the power of God. Just like when people get water baptized tonight, that's, that's a symbol of the new life change. It's an, it's an outward expression of the inward change. The, the oil is just a symbol. And, and, and by the way, we're not going to do that to you unless you ask because the, the scripture says here, let him call on the elders of the church. So you have to ask for that if you, if you want that, okay? And then it says this. It says, and the prayer of faith. Everybody say faith. Say it again, faith. faith. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Okay, one of the major keys to you receiving healing and experiencing the healing that God has for you is you having the faith for it. If you look at, if you look at Bible and you look at healing, you'll, you'll notice that very often in scripture, faith and healing are, are right there beside each other. God puts a big emphasis on the faith that we have and the experience we have with, with healing. So how do we position ourselves to have the kind of faith we need to have to experience the healing that we need to experience in our own bodies and to bring healing to the world around us? Let me give you three quick things, okay? Number one is this, faith comes by the word of God. Faith comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God is what Romans 10, 17 says. That's why in this, in this message today, I gave you a lot of scripture because my point was this, I want you to hear what the word of God has to say on healing. I want you to see that God wants you healed. I want you to see that it's his will. He desires this for you. He made a way for you. Jesus took stripes on your back so you could be healed. Me and my wife were praying over the church last night. And as she was praying, she said something. I've never thought of it this way before, but she said, Jesus, you didn't have to take those stripes on your back. You realize we could have, Jesus could have just died on the cross and you could go to heaven. You understand that, right? But he, he took that scourging which represents sickness. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. He took that, why? Because he wanted to do a completed work in your body, in your life. He wants you healed, spirit, soul, and body, every part of you healed. That's why he took that. He took that punishment for you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you gotta get the word down inside of you. Here's what you need to do. You need to find some scriptures. If you're believing for healing, Find some scriptures that you can stand on. If you want to be a person that brings healing to the world, find some scriptures that you can have so that when you go to pray for people, you can pray and they can hear the word coming out of your mouth when you pray so they can have faith in God's word so they can receive what it is God wants to do in their life. That's the will of God. We got to pray for that. And, and, and understand this, sometimes we wait too long for this. We wait until we're in the middle of the battle before we start preparing for it. And there's a big fight coming up, right? Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Conor McGregor. And I promise you, in this fight with these two guys, they're not waiting until they step into the ring to start preparing for that fight. They are training and they are eating properly and they are hitting the bag right now and they are doing everything they can because they know that the fight is coming and they want to be prepared, prepared for it so when they step into the ring, they can go to war. Listen, you are in a battle. There's a war going on and there's a fight coming your way. And you can win, but you gotta be prepared for it. And that's why we get in the word. We, we do what the Bible says. We meditate on scripture. We take scripture and we put it into our mind. We speak it over ourselves. We get it down deep inside of us so that it becomes an issue of the heart for us. Because here's the second thing. Faith continues regardless of what you see. Faith continues regardless of what you see. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. As a Christian, this is a faith walk. 
We're not living by what we see. And, and so often we'll throw away our confidence in God. We'll throw away our faith because the results don't happen right away. You know, many times when God healed people in scripture, what we see is it would talk about as they went along, they received their healing. Sometimes it happened right away. Sometimes it took a couple days. You know, sometimes when you ask for healing, it doesn't happen the, in that moment. Sometimes it takes a day. Sometimes it takes a month. But, it, but if you let go of your confidence in God, you let go of your faith, you won't see it take place. You gotta believe in what God says over your experiences. You believe what the word of God says. And number three, it's okay to have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. Bible says this in Mark eleven twenty three. 23, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Not one time in the Bible do we read that God says not to doubt in our head. Why? Because the enemy is going to come at your head. He's going to tell you that, that what, you're, what you're believing for is not going to happen. He's going to tell you that you're never going to see healing. He's going to tell you that it's never going to come to pass, that you're wasting your time, you're wasting your breath. But we don't believe our minds. We believe the word of God and we put it inside of our heart. Amen? So here's the thing. Healing is central. Healing is central. It's a part of the salvation package. It's a major part of the ministry of Jesus. It's, it's something that Jesus has called and empowered us to do. Listen, church, I wanna be a church that brings healing to this city. How are we gonna do that? We gotta take it outside of this room. We gotta quit making it just a personal issue. And we gotta be the kind of people that when we're walking through Target and we see somebody walking around with, a, with their arm in a sling, we go, we walk up to them and we say, hey, what happened to your arm? And they say, well, I, you know, I injured it. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I've been going to church and, and I've, been, I've been really learning a lot about healing. And I would love, would you mind if I prayed for you? And just, let's see what God does. See if God does something. And, 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 and then we pray for them and, and just believe and just see what God does. You know, sometimes we, we, we take this approach with healing that I don't want to do that because what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if we took that same approach to helping people get saved? We understand in salvation that sometimes we just plant a seed, Right? Sometimes we go to somebody and we say, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. And we show them the love of God. And they may not receive it in that moment, but we plant a seed that maybe they'll receive it later. What if, what if God wants to do that for you with healing? Listen, if we want to see healings take place in, in this city, we got to bring it to the city. We got to be willing to step out in faith and, and take risks. That's, that's the walk of faith. We got to do this. Okay, so we got to take it out there. Healing is for today. It's God's will to heal today. It's God's will to heal everyone. God doesn't use sickness to teach or shape his children. And when my experiences don't line up with scripture, I trust God anyways. Now, as we close today, I want to invite our altar ministry team to come up. And actually, uh, if, if you've been trained in altar ministry this morning, please come up and help us out. The altars were full in the first service. Because here's what I want to do. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to, to come forward and receive healing if you're believing for healing, to pray and receive healing. Uh, like I said, last night, me and Sarah were praying for the church. We were praying over you. And as we were praying, God laid some, some specific sicknesses on our heart. We felt like God was saying that these were some things he wanted to heal this weekend. So let me read these to you. Uh, the first one is arthritis, uh, autism. All this week, over and over again, as I was writing, as I was studying, I kept hearing God say autism. He wants to heal autism. Uh, allergies. You know, sometimes we just say, well, allergies, I just, I have allergies. Is that God's will? Or are you going to have allergies in heaven? So why are we standing for it now? Right? See, we, we believe stuff. We can't, we can't just go along with this. That's not God's will. If it's not in heaven, it shouldn't be here in a Christian's body. Asthma, migraine headaches, cancer, tumors, infertility, 
eczema. And here's one, and, and Sarah got this last night. We didn't even know what it was. Crohn's disease. That had to be the Holy Spirit because we weren't thinking about it. But if that's you today, if, if one of those things is going on in your life or anything else, listen, if, you, if your body is not perfect, you can receive healing today. That's what we're believing for. Will you step out in faith and believe that God will heal you today? I believe God said this week he wants to do some miraculous healings in people's life. So I'm gonna invite you right now, if that's you, you need healing in your body to come forward and to pray with one of our altar ministry members this morning. And listen, we're not gonna do anything weird. We're not gonna try to knock you over. We're not, we're, we're, that's not a, we just wanna pray for you. We just wanna join our faith with yours. We wanna do what the word of God says in James 5. We're gonna join our faith with yours, anoint you so that you can receive it. So don't be shy. If you're, if you're dealing with sickness, don't leave here with sickness. Don't, don't make that decision. If you have sickness in your body of any kind, please come forward and receive healing. The altars were full in first service. And I know the second service can bring it too, okay? Don't be shy. And as they're coming forward, if that's you, you need healing or, or maybe you don't. If you don't have a need of healing in your life, would you just kind of extend out your hands? Let's pray over these people. Let's join our faith corporately with these that, are, that have stepped up. Lord, we thank you. Oh, yes, let me say this too. If you have a child that is sick, uh, you can go to children's ministry right now, pick them up, bring them in. We would love to pray for them as well. Okay, if you have a child that's dealing with sickness, go get them and bring them in. Lord, we thank you for healing. We thank you, God, that it's your will to heal. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price so that we could receive healing. You made a way so that we could walk in the healing and the health that God has called us to walk in. There's no sickness that's, no, that's too big to you. You created this world with your words. You hold this world together with your words and your words heal all those that are sick. So we send your word forth. We thank you that the will of God, which is on earth as is in heaven, would manifest itself in the bodies in this room this morning, that on earth it would be as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no headaches in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. So we thank you, Lord, that we don't experience that on earth. We thank you for perfect health and healing in our bodies in Jesus' name. Would the rest of you, would you go ahead and stand up with me? David's going to lead us in a song. Let's just worship God and continue to stand in an attitude of worship But these guys are receiving healing. Go ahead, David. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.